Good morning and welcome to the Be Unconventional podcast. I'm your host, Rakita Harper, and I'm here to help you win this week. So let's dive right in. Good morning, good morning. It is Valentine's Day and also episode nine. And it would be extremely cliche of me to talk about love, so I won't do that. (laughs) However, I am going to talk about an act of love, which is forgiveness. And excuse my voice, I had a very interesting weekend this past weekend. Um, I traveled to St. Louis to sing the national anthem and my voice is just a little tired. So uh, forgive me for that. But today's topic is titled, It's Time to Let Go. I'm convinced that there are many of you who are holding on to things that are weighing you down and affecting every area of your life. And how am I convinced? (laughs) Because I am too. And today I want to take you on a personal journey with me through forgiveness, what that looks like, what forgiveness feels like. And I want to share some insight that I believe the Lord has given me has given me during this time. So at the start of Bible college, one of my instructors has a class called Establishing a Prosperous Soul. If you've been listening to the Be Unconventional podcast for some time, you know that I often refer to the spirit, soul, and body. I've talked to you before about how the spirit part of us upon salvation is the part of us that is redeemed, right? The part of us that is made one with God through Christ Jesus. And the soul part of us houses our mind, will, and emotions. And this is the part of us that has to be renewed on a daily basis. The body is going to do what the soul or the spirit tells it to do. Okay. And sometimes our bodies control us. Our bodies crave things and uh, it's used to having its way a lot of times. And so that's why the Bible tells us in Romans 12, one and two to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Right. And then it tells us to be transformed By the renewing of your mind, not conforming to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we know that this mind of ours is what is part of our soul. And in this class, establishing a prosperous soul, uh, the instructor Greg Moore talked a great deal about the things that we hold on to the things that we believe, whether it's about ourselves or about God, that can damage our soul. And one thing in particular that really started this journey of true forgiveness, I'm not talking about false, I don't even want to say false forgiveness, but um, the formality of forgiving somebody, right? We just think that, oh, okay, we say I forgive you and then it's done. And it's deeper than that. And that's what I've learned so far. Um, Greg Moore says that we should release judgments. Releasing judgments is 
part of having a prosperous soul. And I thought about that and I'm thinking, what does he mean by releasing judgments? And he was basically talking about judging the motives of others, specifically those who have hurt us or have wronged us. And that made me think. And, you know, if you're if you're a Christian, you know that you're really not a perfect person, um, especially in your soul, the soul part of you. Uh, you're not perfect and you're going to mess up. You're going to say things, you're going to do things. Um, and when you're hearing a message like release judgments, um, you start thinking about all of a sudden, you know, you think about people who have wronged you, people who have hurt you. And then if you're trying to walk out the Bible, if you're trying to live the Bible out, the next thing you think about is, Am I holding things against these people? It's very self-centered of us to hear something like release judgments and only think about how to justify our judgments, right? Well, this person did this to me. You just don't understand how this made me feel um, and and blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of where I was in my mind as he was teaching this. I'm like, I mean, that did hurt and it did, you know, um, it didn't make me feel a certain way. And I was being controlled and I was being manipulated. That's just the truth. And what the Lord, I believe, was revealing to me was that the more time we spend judging the motives of those who have hurt us, the less time we spend judging God faithful. And when I say judging God faithful, that's coming from Hebrews eleven eleven when it says by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. And I think about judging God faithful who had promised. What has God promised you that maybe because somebody hurt you, because somebody um, wronged you, you have now focused more on what they did versus what God has promised. And that's what um, that's where I'm getting at when I say the more time we spend judging the motives of those who hurt us, the less time we spend judging God faithful. And when it comes to people who've hurt or wronged us, we do spend a lot of time judging their motives, why they did what they did, what they may have gained from it, etc. And then we allow thought after thought, judgment after judgment to fill our minds up until we successfully do more damage to our own souls than they did. And I'm not saying you can't judge a situation right or wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But judging someone's motives in the way that I just explained will keep you in a state of strife and unforgiveness and bitterness. Unforgiveness keeps us in a state of victimhood. You never really experience true freedom as you are. You never really experience true freedom 
because as you're holding someone hostage for something they did to you, you're also self-sabotaging and keeping yourself in bondage. And you don't realize it, but you're still allowing them to control you. So what are some things that you're holding on to that have shaped you into the person you are today? That is an honest question to ask yourself. A lot of times when we're going through things, maybe it's anxiety, depression, um, you know, maybe we feel resentment towards people and then we wonder why things are just not flowing the way they should. And it's easy to us to say, oh, it's a spiritual attack. It's the enemy. Um, and then some of us even blame God or oh, he must not uh, want me to have this or maybe God is doing this to me to teach me a lesson. No, could it be that you are subconsciously allowing a situation or a person to continue to have control over you? Let me use myself as an example, because as I said in the beginning, I am taking you on my journey of forgiveness. I have had quite the traumatic life. It seems as if for as long as I can remember, I've just experienced a lot of trauma, starting with my childhood. Granted, I had a decent childhood. Uh, yes, I grew up in a single family home, a single parent home, but I had a lot of love, a lot of support. And my family has always been there for me. I have a very loving family, but there are things that happened to me as a child that I can't necessarily blame one person or the other, but that was the beginning of emotional and physical trauma for me. Um, so I remember being nine years old when my innocence was taken and I actually told the truth. I told uh, somebody that I loved very dearly. I told them what happened and it seemed as though they did not believe me. So for whatever reason, uh, the person who did that to me stuck around. And the person that I told, let them stick around. And it seemed as though uh, no one believed me. Okay, so I thought, well, if, if this person who is closest to me didn't believe me, why would I ever be vulnerable again? So now here I am about to turn 35 years old and I still have a slight issue with being vulnerable. Okay. I don't know if that's anybody else's story, but if you've told the truth and then your um, abuser turns around and makes you the problem. Oh, no, 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 no. She's just making that up. She's not telling the truth and then nothing gets done about it. Well, that'll make anybody reluctant to share something that's bothering them or something that's on their heart, right? And then I think about uh, from the time that happened at age nine, the other events that led to 
a life of promiscuity, a life of, um, you know, not trusting people. And I would even go as far as saying performance, because while I was really dying and unhappy on the inside, the only thing that I had uh, that made me feel like I was escaping all that was singing, was my music. So then I would perform more. It was like I would get almost like a high from being separated from my reality. And then two, the more I performed, the more people what, what as now think about it. This is a child's mind. Okay. This is how I believe the enemy wanted to, um, distract me from purpose all along. So I would perform and it seemed as though that's the only time I was accepted. That was, that was the enemy deceiving me. That wasn't the truth, but that's how I thought of it. Okay. So also I grew up in a Christian home. People, everybody around me was a Christian. I went to church every single Sunday, yet I did not believe one of the reasons that I had trouble believing was because of the things that had happened to me. Okay. So you have to see how the enemy will take a situation, magnify it and make everybody else the problem and have you living in a state of victimhood for most of your life. This is how he does it. He takes a bad thing that happened to you and he magnifies it times 10. And then you go throughout your life thinking that maybe this is just what I deserve. And maybe God is not real because this happened to me. Okay. So then uh, once I, I think it was like from age nine to 19, I, it seems like I was always being taken advantage of at this point. And I thought, well, how can I fix that? Maybe um, if I eat enough and gain weight, then those type of people won't be attracted to me and nobody will ever touch me. Nobody will ever do this to me. So now I've created a trauma response. Okay. Now, anytime uh, life happens, anytime, uh, you know, something traumatic happens, I have a vice now. So I turn to food. And it's a cycle of just self-sabotaging, right? And anybody who knows me from my past, excuse me, I'm going to drink some water. Anybody who knows me from my past knows that I've not always been a heavy set person, okay? So I put this weight on as a means to keep predators away, not realizing that I was really sabotaging myself. I hope this is helping somebody right now because I'm really going somewhere with this. Um, I did this to myself and it's like something that has shaped me into a part of the person that I am today because now I'll, I'll be 35 this year and now there's this, this moment of um, anytime it seems as if I'm about to break free from something, I tend to grab a hold of it tighter. Okay. So let's take weight. For instance, there are so many times I've tried to lose weight or whatever. And, um, I remember 
being on a treadmill and I had maybe lost about 10, 15 pounds. And I remember being on a treadmill excited that I was able to jog a little bit or incline more and not get out of breath as quickly. And I was admiring the process, uh, the progress rather. And then all of a sudden, a thought came up. I started to see myself smaller. And and I'm not, there was no trying to lose weight for vanity purposes. Like this was just uh, to increase my quality of life, right? And so I started to see myself smaller and immediately get fearful. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. I can't do that. Because what if something happens to me? So what I had done was while I was trying to release the weight, you know, get rid of the uh, unwanted pounds and be healthier, the image of me being smaller was still associated with the things that had happened to me in my past. Well, if I'm smaller... They'll be more attracted to me and then this will happen to me. So what do I do? Stop working out. Stop eating right. Stop. And this is like a cycle. And so I noticed that about myself. But then I also noticed that words that people have spoken have shaped the way I respond to myself. For instance. My entire life, it seems, I've been singing. My mom says it's since the age of two. And when you're good at something, everybody's not going to like that. Everybody's not going to celebrate that. Uh, So my family celebrated me being good at music and singing. But my peers, I I got made fun of. Oh, you think you're all of that because you can sing or you're just doing that for attention. You're just doing and you kind of get mindful of those things. And now here I am uh, (laughs) in my 30s and I could have probably had several albums out now. I've had people around me. Uh, Since 2009, the Lord blessed me with amazing producers and people in the music industry to help me uh, jumpstart that. And I've been sitting on talent for fear that people might think that I'm trying to be more than I am. And I'm I'm sharing these things with you because I know that it's going to resonate with some of you. I know it is. And I sang the national anthem this weekend and so many people backstage were like, you only have one song out. You, you, you don't have a manager. Like why? And I couldn't help but to think about that. Like, well, as much as I love music, as much as I love singing, Why haven't I done anything with it? And at the end of the day, trauma and and 
the, the victim mentality will have you so self-centered, so prideful to where you can't even be who God called you to be because you're so wrapped up in yourself. And I know this firsthand. Now, there are areas of my life where I am experiencing true freedom. I have been 100% free from religion. Okay. My life has never been greater since I have been free from the bondage of religion and legalism. I am so excited about that. I'm even um, free from uh, the, the, the crippling fear of being alone. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go into that a little later, but, um, there was once a fear of being alone. Um, there, so there's so many things I could go into so many details about things that I know that I'm experiencing true freedom in, but then there are other things that are tied to other things that I'm still holding on to. And so when it comes to forgiveness, I realize like, man, I've had a lot of broken relationships. Um, my father and I had a very, a very interesting relationship for many, many, many years. And as a child, not understanding where my parents were coming from or what they were going through, all I could see was how I was being affected. And I held my dad hostage for the things that I felt like he should have done better. He should have been there. He should have done this. And I'll never forget we hadn't talked in maybe, I don't know, eight months, maybe uh, six, maybe. I think it was like Thanksgiving 2017. And I hadn't talked to him until maybe like almost summertime. But I was on my way to a church member's dad's funeral. And I just had this thought like, what if. What if something happened to my dad and we never got that right? That's all I could think about. And so I'm thinking also, well, I'm the child. He should call me to make it right. And that's not what the Lord wanted. And I remember calling him and just saying, hey, dad. I'm no longer holding you hostage to the things that we've been through. I'm releasing you from that. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. And maybe I'm not satisfied with the father I wanted you to be when I was a little girl. But I want to give you an opportunity to father me, to be my dad um, as an adult. And we both broke down and cried. We both realized that we were holding on to things, guilt, shame, 
uh, pride. And I can honestly say that that weight has been lifted and it has been a joy um, being around my dad and um, even my siblings. It's been a joy doing that. And I had avoided. And here's another thing about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will make you avoid people. Okay. I avoided spending time with my dad and my siblings simply because I was holding on to things from the past. And I wasn't hurting just me by doing that. When you are holding innocent people hostage. Like my siblings didn't do anything to me, but because they seemingly were closer to my dad than I was, I envied them. I didn't want to be around them. Okay. Um, Because it was just a reminder that they were close to him and I wasn't. And how self-centered is that? How Christ-like is that? It's not very. Okay. And then there's. Um, I think I may have mentioned in one of my other episodes about me being in a mind controlling organization or a cult or something like that. And so where when it comes to that, I was a new Christian. I had found a new church and it was great for me in the beginning. And slowly but surely it turned into manipulation and control Because somebody who was well-meaning in the beginning, um, just, it was just bad doctrine, if you will. And so I can't necessarily say like, oh, it was all their fault. They did this, they did this, they did this. Well, I allowed it. Okay. I partnered with that. Um, and it doesn't make what they did right. It's just that. When it comes to manipulation, control, deception, there's a part that we, a minor part that we play. And if we don't know who we are, if we don't stand our ground, we can easily be taken advantage of. And so um, I left around 2013 and um, met with him, the leader, maybe 2014 or 15. Um, And in that meeting, I wanted it to be known that they did not have any more control over me, but I had never forgiven him. I made it known that you cannot manipulate me anymore, control me anymore, blah, blah, blah. But I never forgave. And I lived my life from that point on in a state of performance, trying to prove my point. Hurting no one but myself and still subconsciously giving that person control over my life. And this person had reached out to me uh, since about 2018. And I knew I was like, I don't know what they want. I don't know why they keep messaging me. It's like Facebook. If you're not friends with somebody on Facebook, um, they can message you. Uh, But they don't know if you've read it unless you accept the message. And so I have been reading the messages. Hey, how are you? Hope all is well. 
I'd like to have a moment to talk to you about some things. I was avoiding them at all costs because I was still trying to prove my point. Fast forward to Bible college, and this was the first person that comes to mind when my instructor says, release judgments. And I'm thinking, well, I have forgiven them already. Well, I'm, there's nothing, I'm not holding anything against this person. And I'm talking for weeks. It had been on my mind. You really need to forgive that person. You really need to forgive that person. And I thought, okay, I'll just forgive him. And I wasn't sure if I should verbally do it. I wasn't sure about that. And one of the only reasons I wasn't sure was because it was uncomfortable. When it's time to forgive people, there's always this feeling of discomfort. Makes you feel like you're weak. Like they did me wrong and I have to forgive them. Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. And so I thought about it, prayed about it. And finally, I just responded to a message. I finally reached out to this person and said, hey, I've been avoiding you. Thinking that I'm free and I'm really not. And I would like to release you. I would like to not hold you hostage anymore to the things from your past. Okay. And I could, I can tell that this is different. This is, this is spirit induced. There's no way in the world the enemy is going to encourage you to forgive anybody. It's just the enemy doesn't work like that. Enemy doesn't like reconciliation. But one of the things I want to highlight in this too is that I made it very, very clear that though this is a reconciliation, this is not a restoration of the relationship that we once had. Just because you forgive somebody does not mean that you have to restore the previous relationship. If you were in an abusive relationship with somebody, if you were in an abusive work situation um, and you have forgiven a person and not all the time, will you verbally forgive anyone? Not all the time. Okay. I'm not saying you have to call everybody who wronged you and verbally release them, but you do need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading you do need to be sensitive to that. Little did I know the Lord had also been dealing with him about apologizing, something that I'm not used to him doing. Okay. So the Lord will have it to where forgiveness benefits both parties. You've heard the saying before, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. I don't necessarily agree with that. Forgiveness is for both parties, for all parties involved. My act of love, my act of kindness, the courtesy of actually telling this person that I have forgiven them was a weight lifted for them and a door open for them to now ask for my forgiveness. And as uncomfortable as it was, it had to be done 
so that we could both experience true freedom in this area. And I'm saying all of this to say, what are you holding on to that you need to let go? I kid you not. There are so many opportunities that await when you really let go of things that are holding you back. I held back so much of myself because in this environment, and and I'm still talking about this leader of this, um, this church, but in this environment, I was always made to feel like I was doing too much. So I would hold back. I would dim my light so that others around me wouldn't feel bad about it. And to know that this person recognizes where they went wrong and wants to apologize. I have to make room for that. I believe the Lord led me to initiate this, to verbally um, forgive this person so that I could be relieved enough from that weight (laughs) of me carrying it. And I I don't know. So I'm actually going to talk to this person soon and I don't know exactly what they feel like they have to apologize to me about. But I'm trusting God that whatever it is, is going to be more weight lifted off of me. Weight that I didn't even realize I was carrying. And I get excited. The more you grow in the Lord, the more excited you get about biblical fundamentals playing out before you. Forgiveness is just a biblical fundamental. It's basic. It's elementary Bible. But you get excited about it when you see it play out before you, when you yourself are applying this basic uh, skill, this basic biblical skill to your life. And it actually produces the right fruit. This is exciting. And I'll tell you, there's there was a little bit of fear there because, um, well, I don't know what they're going to bring up. When I talk to them, maybe they're going to say something and it's probably something that I forgot about on purpose because it hurts so much and I have to judge God faithful. I have to judge God faithful. I can't worry about that. I have to judge God faithful because he promised me that if I cast my care on him, um, You know, that he promised me that if I cast my care on him, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He promised me that he promised me an easy yoke and a light burden. Okay, so by releasing this person from their wrongdoing, by doing that, it's it's also Casting my care onto the Lord. You know, that's how I look at it. Lord, I'm holding on to something that I don't need. And let me release this person. 
and trust you to take this weight off of me. So I know that this is a very different episode. This is this is way more personal than I'm used to and I'm I'm very careful about how I share these things because my heart is to truly encourage you to forgive whomever has wronged you. And because I have forgiven the people in my life who have wronged me, I don't ever want to think of them the same. I don't want to damage them. That's why a lot of these people have been nameless because I'm not trying to damage them. I'm not trying to dangle in their face what they did. I don't know if they will listen to this. Maybe somebody who knows them will listen to it. But I never wanted to be said that I was bashing somebody, especially after I know that I've truly forgiven them, forgiven them. This is not what that is. This is me being vulnerable, transparent and honest about this journey of forgiveness, the things that I'm learning along the way so that you, too, can experience this freedom. It's 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 a freedom that is almost unexplainable. You'd have to experience it for yourself. So I think about what Christ did for us. Okay. We were freely given forgiveness. And what we freely have received, we should be ready to freely give. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And so I wanted to share these scriptures with you because the Bible is very clear about forgiveness. Forgiveness is always in order. Always. There's not one time there's there's not an offense that you can used to justify not forgiving someone. Jesus himself had every reason not to die a gruesome death on that cross. He had every reason not to. But he did. He did it. So that we could be forgiven for our past, present, and future sins. And when I look at that cross and what it means, I I have to think to myself, is that cross 
not for my abuser. Is that cross not for my accuser? Did Jesus not die for them to have an opportunity to experience true freedom in him? Is grace not for the people who did me wrong? That, my friends, is growth for me. For so long, I have held on to the things that people have said and done to me. For so long. And it was this moment that I stepped out of my comfort zone to freely give to someone what I had been freely given. And I want to encourage you to do the same. I want to pray with you. And then I want to invite those of you who do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior to him. Lord, thank you for this moment of transparency. Thank you for encouraging the listeners today through my testimony. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us the strength to forgive those who have wronged us, who have abused us, who have accused us, who have persecuted us. Thank you for giving us the strength to let it all go. Today, Lord God, we want to experience true freedom. We want to put this weight down on the altar and never pick it back up again. And Lord, we choose this day and this day forward to pray for them. To love them with the love that you have given us. And to put them before you. To give them over to you. And we thank you for it. We thank you that we have been forgiven. And we thank you for strengthening us to freely give what we have freely received. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And for those of you who are listening today who have not yet received the free gift of grace salvation and forgiveness I want to offer that to you today if you want to know what it's like to be truly forgiven and free from guilt shame pain then now's the time to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and all you have to do is repeat after me Jesus I recognize my need for a savior. I've been holding on to things that have weighed me down long enough. Today, I want to experience the freedom that you paid for. I confess today that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead 
And I receive today your forgiveness, your grace, your love, and acceptance. And in return, I give you my life. Teach me, Lord, how to walk in forgiveness. Teach me, Lord, how to walk in grace and love. From this day forward, I choose to build my relationship with you that I may know you more and make you known to all of those around me. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If today's episode was a blessing to you, or if you received Jesus into your heart, there are a few ways you can let me know so I and other listeners can celebrate with you. Number one, subscribe and leave a review. Number two, send me a private message on the Be Unconventional Instagram and Facebook socials. Or you can email me at rakitaharper at gmail.com. Number three, leave what I would like to call a victory voicemail by simply using the link in the bio of the Be Unconventional socials on Instagram and Facebook. Your voicemail may end up on an episode. And lastly, share with others. I'm your host, Rakita Harper, reminding you to be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired, but most importantly, be unconventional.